your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. And I'll just bring this up right away. There's a virtual session, a listening session um, on the Lacrosse County Facebook page tonight. And it has to deal with citizen, uh, creating a citizen's oversight board on policing. And there's a couple of people scheduled to talk, citizens that that just want to that want to speak on on the idea of having a, this oversight board, what it would mean. That it's the the whole idea here is to build trust and strengthen the relationship between police and the community. And if you want to get in on this listening session, text me 608-785-7914 if you have anything to say about police and the community and and um. The idea of, of having a citizen's oversight board, just text me and I'll get you the information to to get in on this essential Zoom call so you could speak out to the, these leaders, city leaders, uh, on, on what it means to you to have a citizen's oversight board. 608-785-7914 and then I'll send you information back on how to get on the Zoom meeting that happens at 6 p.m. tonight after the show on the Lacrosse County Facebook page. We're going to talk to Monica Cruz. She's on the Lacrosse County Board. She's helping organize the Citizens Oversight Board on policing. We're going to talk to her in just a couple of minutes. Um, I think there's about four people on the list so far, and you know, there's there's a few groups organizing this. And I talked to Laura Abalera just a little while ago. And she said, this is step 1A in a long process of creating this board. So um, just getting started. Step 1A, right? Just getting started. I don't know if there's a step one. This Is this the first step? Oh, we could we can ask Monica after uh, in a couple of minutes. But um, yeah, one more time. 608-785-7914 if you want information on to, in, into speaking on this Citizens Oversight Board in you know building uh a relationship between the a better relationship between the community and the lacrosse police department all right so i'll and i'll check that at the bottom half of the hour and that i would say that's a, probably the the limit for for me being able to get you the information the contact information i would say like 5 30 ish and then i'm going to be too busy trying to talk and read text and and basically talk right uh COVID-19 today if you saw I just threw it up on the uh the wisdom page wizmnews.com or if you should get the wisdom app honestly uh single day highs in cases hospitalizations and deaths today and not just by a little bit. Well, it's, yeah, hospitalizations by 6. We we beat the previous single day high, but all these highs are from the last week so we've set these highs in the last week or two and we've broken them all today in one day uh over 3,000 cases 3,200 over 3,200 cases 147 more people were hospitalized and 34 people died in the state today of COVID-19 uh it's pretty rough but on the flip side it appears that Lacrosse County is doing a little bit better than the rest of the state. If you go to, you know, if you want to dive into this stuff, you go to the DHS page, you can check out like hospitalizations and stuff. 
Um, that that locally is updated on Wednesday, so we'll have to wait till tomorrow at about three thirty or or so. We can talk about it tomorrow too. But um, the idea that hospitalizations is like in the yellow near red on the amount of new people headed to the hospital daily. I think that number was like around seven point six per one hundred thousand, and hospitalizations on the dashboard today went up. I want, I'm going to get this right. They went up from 103 to 105. So they went up two today. And so Lacrosse County residents, two more people, at least two more people were admitted to the hospital today. Don't know how many people are literally in the hospital. We just know that that total went up two. So what I would say at least two people headed to the hospital today, which is kind of, it's weird to say, but it's kind of good news if if the state set a record for hospitalizations with 147 today, and the county residents only went up at least two. Hopefully it's only two. Um, that's not terrible, right? But I guess if you just divide how many counties there are in the state and multiply it by two, that's you know like 158. So uh, maybe we're right there. We're right there with the average. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Um, yesterday also, you know, just a lot of a lot of community virtual meetings are, are are having to do with police. And some of these meetings have police involved in them, others do not. There was a, a hour-long meeting last night hosted by the Lacrosse School District, hosted by the superintendent, Dr. Aaron Engel. And we'll probably bring him on the show. I feel like I do that towards the end of the month, so maybe in a couple of weeks. But he was he was hosting this meeting, and if you want to read the story, it's on also on wisdomnews.com. Uh, 16, 17 people talked about the SRO program in lacrosse schools. And if you want to you want to call in and, and let me know how you feel about the school resource officer program in, in your past or in, in the schools, uh, feel free to do that. Um, I have one very minor experience with SROs back when I was in high school that I don't think is relevant <laughs> to any of the talks now. Back in the late '90s, right? Like we're going to talk maybe yeah, mid '90s, I would say, because I was a, I think I was a freshman or a sophomore at the time. But, um, but 17 people spoke uh, about their experiences, their thoughts on school resource officers, and 16 of the 17 were against having lacrosse police in their in in the school in the school district. Uh, the the contract runs out in June. It's a $250,000 contract, and we can kind of dive into that at the bottom half of the hour a little bit, just in terms of, you know, you know what, what's the alternative? That was some of the things that people talked about, yeah, kind of scaling back the role of police, too. Like, uh, I think, uh, again, Laura Abalera, she had a, a pretty good quote that we don't, uh, about about nurses and in schools and in between police and um, she said, uh, we don't expect teachers to be nurses, so it makes no sense to ask the police to do the things that they're not trained to do. And, and it makes perfect sense, too, right? Like, we're going to scale back the role of police to policing and then let everyone else do the other jobs. And, and, and I guess some of that talk was to bring other experts into the schools, maybe use that funding, that $250,000 in, in other areas, and, and whether it's mental health or counselors or or lunch ladies maybe they need more lunch ladies at, at this point there's nobody in the schools so they don't need anything 
but yeah, we can get into that at the bottom half of the hour. All right, I'm going to let Brad do the news here in a minute, and I'm going to bring back uh, Monica Cruz to talk about the Citizen Oversight Board on Policing listening session going on tonight after the show on the Lacrosse County Facebook page. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Monica Cruz joining me now, Lacrosse County board member. I don't know if you have any other titles, Monica. You might gain some titles if this uh, Citizens Oversight Board uh, gets some more traction. Actually, I do have another title. I am the chair of the Lacrosse County Board. Oh, the Cross County Board Chair. See, I tried to I tried to uh, search <laughs> on the county board page, and I I, mu- I must have missed that one. So yeah, so I know. guess yeah, that's that's a thing. I guess if you want to say that. Um, but I, I brought you on obviously today to 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 kind of break down a little bit about what what is happening tonight, and people can watch this on the Lacrosse County Facebook page at six o'clock. And I gave I told people if they want to get in on this, they got about a little less than a half hour to give me the info information and I can get it to Laura uh, if they want to speak about this citizens oversight board on policing. Um, and Laura, I talked to Laura right before the show, Monica, right after you. Um, mm-hmm. And she said, we're, we're in process. We're in like step one a of this process. So it's so early, but can you kind of break down uh, what exactly this is and maybe what we hope it will become? Yeah. So um, we are exploring the possibility of establishing a civilian oversight committee or council. It goes by a variety of names, um, but it would be um, a, a, a board that would have civilians charged with investigating civilian complaints of any kind of um, misconduct or um, any kind of um, stepping outside the lines by police. So it would be an external check on police by civilians. And so we are, like Laura said, in the very early stages of exploring that. Um, Most large cities in the United States have such a board, um, although um, in many cases um, the the boards are somewhat problematic in the way they're structured. We're trying to do it right. We're trying to, um, you know, make sure that we avoid some of the pitfalls that some other cities have um, had to deal with. Yeah, this would be kind of like a, you know, we often hear about internal investigations. This would almost be like mm-hmm. an external investigation, right? And then by exactly. by some community yes. leaders that that would be on this board. Um, what are some of the problems that other other cities have? Do you know? Well, in many cases, um, their civilian uh, review boards are either appointed by the police or by the mayor. Um, by people that have sort of a vested interest in um, the police not being. Um, you know, um, uh, bad mouth, if you want to use that word. I mean, they, they don't want any, you know, any shade falling on, on their police officers. And so these kinds of boards often are hamstrung and they're not allowed, you know, to really investigate fully and, and actually come up with any kind of findings. So, you know, we're, we're definitely going to try and avoid that. Um, this should be an independent board. It should not be appointed by um, the police um, commissioner or by the sheriff or by the mayor. It should be, you know, appointed by civilian groups. Um, and um, it should have powers to do independent investigating. With with all these virtual, I don't know if you want to call them listening sessions, debates uh, on policing, we we start to learn that there are there are quite a few groups out there that that could be part of this and are part of this uh, you know citizen oversight board. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk about some of the entities that are involved in creating this? 
Well, um, it's actually coming out of the um, Criminal Justice Management Council. A number of the people on um, this committee that that is right now um, trying to set up this board are members of the Criminal Justice Management Council. Um, but we've also drawn in some, some other community members, like uh, the mayor, for example, and some people from the university, people that, you know, are um, active in um, community action groups like uh, Black and uh, some Latino groups. So we're, we're trying to get, like, a really broad um, cross-section of the community involved in this. And, um, you know, we, we have all, in one way or another, um, been involved with um, the law enforcement agencies in the area. Area, So, you know, it's not like we have a vendetta. It's not like we're out to get anybody. It's that we're trying to make it better. We're trying really to, you know, to, to help the police department and the sheriff's department be better. Yeah, I was just going to ask if there if you could point to any one reason why we've decided to create this board. I, I can I can pick a, some general reasons, you know, that happened outside of lacrosse. But has anything happened within lacrosse? Have we heard stuff from you know, either students or, or, or other community members that, that have, you know, hey, maybe we need to do this because uh, the, the police need some checking? Yeah, well, you know, we have not had egregious kinds of um, incidents in our community like some other areas like, you know, for example, the George Floyd thing in Minneapolis and some of the other um, high-profile cases that have been in the news. We have not had that, and we're hoping to avoid having that. Um, I think, uh, you know, when you see things like that, it's usually, um, uh, you know, a police, um, a faction of the police sort of going rogue or, or, you know, thinking that they can get by with um, not following the rules. And we are hoping that that doesn't happen here in our community. We do have, you know, some issues. For example, we have a very high disproportionate number of people of color being arrested and incarcerated. That is an issue here in our city, like it is in many, many other cities. And, you know, that's, you know, a question of police practices. It's probably, it's also, you know, a question of, um, the socioeconomic um, factors in our city. I mean, there's lots and lots of reasons. It's not just because of the police. But if you have a citizen committee that's looking at police practices, you can rule that out. You know, you can rule out that that is why it's happening. So that's another reason to have one, is to just make sure that there are lots of checks and balances in the community. We're speaking with Monica Cruz. She is the Lacrosse County Board Chair, right? Did I get that right? <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> and, uh, I guess say it with some authority. She's the chair, um, and and we're talking about the Lacrosse Lacrosse creating a citizen oversight board on policing. Is there a timetable here, or do you do you can you anticipate a timeline when this board would be created? Is it a year? Is it at five years? Is it a couple months? You know, it's going to be as long as it takes. Um, we don't have an end date um, that we have to rush towards. Um, we want to do it right. We don't want to take any shortcuts. We want to explore all the, you know, uh, aspects of um, setting a board like this up. So I would say it's definitely not going to happen in 2020, and we're hoping it happens in 2021. But um, if it doesn't, well, then, you know, it takes as long as it takes to do it right. I think when you say, you know, we're, we're creating this, maybe to get ahead of the game, the, the fact that George Floyd and the Kenosha shooting and, and the Kenosha police shooting and other incidents happen, are happening, even in Milwaukee just recently, uh, are happening mm-hmm. around the country and in our state, right? We've seen two of these at least right. in, in our state and Minnesota's right there. Um, we're trying to get ahead of this, but do you, do, do you, 
have you talked with police in lacrosse or even the sheriffs? Do they feel like they're getting picked on a little bit because they're like, hey, we haven't done anything wrong. And all of a sudden we have like, you know, maybe 10 virtual sessions on policing in the community. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, the good thing uh, in our community is that we have a great relationship with our law enforcement. We have a good relationship with you know, the sheriff's department and Sheriff Wolf. We have a good relationship with uh, La Crosse Police and um, uh, Sean Kudron. So it's not like we are um, at odds with each other and like we're out to get anybody. So that's a good thing. Um, we have them all sitting on the Criminal Justice Management Council where we talk about these issues a lot. So I'm not at all thinking that this is picking on anybody. This is basically, I think, working together with them to make sure that we have the best police department, the best sheriff's department in the state. And with this citizens uh, citizens board on, on policing, uh, well, like a citizens oversight board, do you have do you have any idea what it would look like at, in the end? Would there be ten people on it? Would it be uh, a, a, any idea? I, I guess go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, I think ten sounds about right to me. Uh, we do, we have not fleshed that out. We have not um, figured that out. Um, we do have in this area. You may know might know that we have a police and fire commission. I think they have about eight or ten people on that. I don't know if ours would look like that or not. Maybe we'd have 20. You know, that all remains to be determined. Okay, and then, you know, I obviously I think part of the part of the end game here, too, is to uh, get diff- every every possible group have a say, right? Like, we want Hmong people, mm-hmm. black people, white people, police, you know, would, would a police officer or a leader in the police department, maybe the sheriff's department, too, be part of this board? Or, or like, how, I guess it wouldn't be because there'd be a citizen's well, board, but... Um, I, I would, I would say that we can pretty definitively say that no law enforcement officers would be on the civilian board. Right. <laughs> it's supposed to be a board of civilians. So that I think I can, at this point, pretty much rule out. Yeah, obviously. They have a terrible question, Rick. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, really, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in the title, Rick. It's a citizen's board. Um, but but you, obviously, like it, it, they're going to be bringing issues to the police. Um what what kind of have you heard some things that you know as we have a lot of these virtual sessions where you're like oh wow you know as a as a white guy myself as a white woman yourself you, you know like I wouldn't even have thought this was a problem and all of a sudden all these issues are you know a lot of these students are coming mm-hmm. up with with uh, just firsthand accounts of of awful things that 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 they're having to deal with whether it's policing or just racism in town right and so I think it's really really important. Uh, that we have listening sessions. I mean, it's important to contribute, but it's really important to listen because I think sometimes you assume that all is well and you don't really dig deeper and find out that maybe all is not well with everybody. So it's important to, you know, inform yourself, to, you know, hear what other people have to say and get a better understanding of what's going on in your community. All right, Monica Cruz, Lacrosse County Board Chair. She's helping organize a Citizens Oversight Board on policing. That meeting happens tonight. You can watch it on the Lacrosse County Facebook page. Thanks a lot, Monica. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take another quick break. Scott's comment coming up. Then Brad doing the news. I got a bunch of text to read. Uh, I know a couple of you were trying to call, so so call me after uh, after the break here. And if anyone wants to get in on this community uh, talking virtual session, whatever you want to call it, um, text me 608-785-7914. I, this is, this is the time to do it. I can get you the information in the next maybe five, six minutes. Uh, if you want to, you know, speak your mind on, you know, having a citizens oversight board on policing. All right. We'll be back after this. I'm with 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to call, feel free to do that. If you want to text me, I got a couple of those to read. I did get a couple of people that, that wanted to sign up for the Citizen Oversight Board on Policing Virtual Listening Session tonight. You can listen to that on the Lacrosse County Facebook page right after the show. Just jump over there. Uh, last night, there was another virtual session hosted by, I guess, the Lacrosse School District. Uh, Dr. Aaron Engel, the superintendent there, it was it just had it was all about school resource officers. And uh, the writing seems to be on the wall that the Lacrosse School District won't have school resource officers. We've even had I could play a clip from the a couple of clips from the mayor on on that. The uh, the contract, two hundred fifty thousand dollar contract, expires in June. They're going to meet next month, I think, in November fourteenth. Uh, the the superintendent Aaron Engel is going to give his recommendation, and the school board's going to vote. And I think we all know where that's going. Eric from Sparta is calling in. You want to talk about the SRO program. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, yes. First of all, uh, the police are the heroes in this whole thing. The uh, school district wants to demonize them. For what reason? I don't know. 29 years ago, it started. The only, only problem started maybe 5, 10 years ago. I wonder why that is. So what they're going to do is they're going to have a bunch of beady egghead liberals in there. It's like, well, see, people have to stop talking like this because this isn't that fair. This isn't that right. And they say, shut up, be... Then they go beat the hell out of somebody or maybe stab somebody to death. Then they call the police. This is crazy. These people are nuts. They're egghead liberal freaks. Thank you. Egghead liberal. I haven't heard egghead liberal freaks yet from uh, from Eric, but there we are. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to uh, call liberals other names, feel free. The, the SRO program, so the mayor, there's been multiple meetings, and I talked to Monica Cruz, just I kind of mentioned that to her. I mean, the, the, do the police feel like they're getting picked on a little bit? I, I kind of I kind of wonder that. And maybe they're they're bigger than that and don't feel like they're being picked on, and this is kind of, maybe this is great for them because they can kind of understand what the community thinks and and where they're coming from. I think we, we hear from a lot of uh, non-white people People, non-white students, just their experiences with not just policing, but just racism and 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 how they're affected by it. And you go like, oh yeah, there's there's a whole avenue that I don't experience being, you know, a six foot two, forty year old white dude. <laughs> so, um, but but here's a couple of clips from the mayor. This this meeting was, uh, I think, a neighborhood revitalization meeting. The cross police chief Sean Kudron was in on it, and um, yeah. Anyway, Mayor Tim Cabot. We know based on who is on the school board and previous discussions with the past superintendent that there was going to be an effort to remove the SRO program. So that's not a surprise. But the questions about the SRO program goes further back than, than May of this year. And another thing that, that Cabot brought up, because the SRO program costs $250,000 to the school. Well, that money goes to the city, right? Like the, the school district is probably, I'm, gu- I'm just guessing here, but it's probably, you know, funded through the state, right? Like the state gets the money. So that $250,000 comes from the state, goes to the school, the school then gives it to the city. Well, if the SRO program is out with the school district, then the city is out $250,000. And I'll play that clip here in a minute, but I believe Mike's calling in. Mike, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I- kind of curious everybody's all up in arms about these rso's 
regardless of the color, what are these kids doing to have drafts with them in the first place? And what's going to happen when they're no longer there to protect the teachers? When these same kids act up, nobody's even brought that up. Well, it's all about race. Well, just because there's a percentage one way or the other that's having an interaction with these people, that doesn't make it race. It's about behavior, same as the rest of the world. So what's going to happen when these same kids act up and there's no one there for the teachers or they have to call? What's going to happen then? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. I think uh, I would say that, you know, if you have that concern, Mike, then just Google lacrosse school board and there's, I think you can email them on with one email, but uh, you know, they're, they're definitely taking public comments because that's what happened last night. There were 17 people that spoke about school resource officers. 16 of them spoke against the 17th one. Uh, I think her name was Stephanie Croninger and she was, she was very, she, she had very good points. Kind of like Mike, Mike, Mike makes a good point. I don't, honestly, I don't know how many times students are attacking teachers so maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe that happens once a year, once, you know, who knows? There's data, there's data there, I'm sure, that, you know, maybe maybe that's necessary. I think if uh, students were attacking teachers all the time, this might be a different conversation. I'm guessing that, that it doesn't happen often, but that's just me guessing based on, you know, the fact of, <laughs> the fact that where I went to high school, I don't, I don't remember the teachers getting attacked all that often. Um, but, but Stephanie Croninger at the meeting last night just brought up that her kids, one of her kids anyway, had, had been beaten up a couple of times or jumped or, you know, attacked from behind. I, I don't remember exactly how she described it, but she said, you know, eh, my kid's not probably not innocent in the matter, but he doesn't deserve to get beat up from behind. And, you know, the school resource officer was there to help. So, you know, aside from what Mike says, where the school resource officer would be there to protect the teachers which is kind of a funny concept that you don't often think about. The teachers need protecting from the students. Um, but the, in, this, in her case, the, the teachers or the student needed protecting from other students, which is you know another reason to have SROs in schools, I guess. And, and uh, you know, if the lacrosse police department, if you had to call the police, they'd take them a little bit longer to get to the school. I don't think the, the police are often, you know, I would say, and a lot of times when I see fire calls, and this is fire calls, but... You know, the fire department often puts how fast it well, it took them or how long it took them to get to one of these calls. And it's often like three, four minutes. And um, I'm, I'm guessing like the, the police department would be the same. They, it wouldn't take them very long to get to the school. But obviously it's going to take them longer than if there was an SRO in school. But anyway, if the if the school district ends the contract with the SROs, that's $250,000 the city is out, right? And maybe that's not a ton of money. Maybe it is. I, you know, if you divide it by, it's $2 a person, right? If there's 130,000 people in lacrosse, maybe that's the county, though, versus the city. But uh, this is what, you know, Mayor Tim Cabot brought that up, too, as well. But nobody talks about the fact that that is actual revenues that the city receives to help balance our budgets on our neighborhood and policing efforts. And so that's a a loss of revenue then that the city is going to have to deal with. So it's not, it's not a, a zero sum game, so to speak. I mean, this, this will have impacts to the city, but our police department is anticipating and working on a plan for that. All right. So number three is calling in. Let's get him on the phone. Number three, go ahead. You're on there. I say we should let the teachers make the call. They're the ones that got to sit with the children all day long. 
the people on the school board got a nine to five job someplace else. Yeah, I, you know, but but shouldn't the students have a say in this? Definitely. Okay. Well, you said the teachers, but I think the students. If the students are good children, like you and I were in school, they would have nothing bad to say about the cops. Um, maybe. Probably the ones that are getting in trouble all the time that don't want the cops there. You know that as well as I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I could make that assumption, but I, I there were a couple of there were quite a few students on this uh, this meeting last night that talked about, and they. They didn't feel comfortable for, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know if they're quote unquote troublemakers or whatever um, that don't want cops there so they can continue to get in trouble without, you know, police there. But um, it, well, they're young yet. They got their whole life to try to grow up. Let them get a little taste of law enforcement when they're little and they won't bother them so much when they get older. Yeah, I think but I think it's it's working the opposite of that. I think they're getting a taste of law enforcement in a negative light and then that that sets the tone for the rest of their life where they they think about law enforcement negatively. Well, I don't know. I got four grandkids that went to Central. They come out all right. Yeah, and I yeah, and I bet they're white, right? Like so uh, this is the well, they're Norwegians too. <laughs> yeah, so th- I think this is the this is the process here is where we, you know, from our perspective, you know, we're good. Like we're good kids when well, we were in school. Like, here's what I say, if they don't like it here, go someplace else where they can find a school that caters to the children. That's all I got to say that ends the epistle for today. <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. Um yeah, and the phrase there he used at the end caters to the children we probably should be doing that a little bit, right? Like, should we be catering to, to kids? Uh, it's their school. They're there to teach. They should be as comfortable as possible to learn. They're there to teach. They're there to teach. They're there to learn. Uh, and they should probably be as uh, the most comfortable, maybe, maybe more importantly than the teachers, right? The students should be the most comfortable. And if SROs are making students uncomfortable... I didn't hear any students call in last night and say they needed SROs. You know, if that was the case, I think a lot of people would call in, right? Like, well, they would have got into the Zoom call. I don't think it's any secret that this happened last night. Uh, quite a few students were, were on this call, on this virtual session last, last night. If students in schools are feeling uncomfortable with the idea that SROs are going to be gone, then I think we would hear more of them speaking out, maybe? I don't know. Uh, another caller calling. Hey, caller, who's this? Yeah, it's Steve. Um, I think what, what's going on in this country is is a bunch of liberalism that is has gone rogue, and people are being taught to live their lives as victims. Systemic racism is being taught to people to um, to to believe that there is a systemic racism uh, problem in this country. And I'm sorry, but if you do something wrong. And most of the most of the, the the things that have been in the news, the people that have been in the news haven't been innocent. So I don't have cops at my door, and I don't have um, I don't live my life of criminality. And I think that what's being taught today is it's okay to create to be a criminal, and it's not okay for cops to uh, go after people. And I think that needs to stop. And right. it's being taught in our colleges, universities, and schools, and. It's sad. All right. I'm white, so you're going to probably say, well, I'm white, and I don't have a right to speak my mind. But in a way, because I've heard you say that to other people, like you just told the guy before me that, you know, he was white. Yeah. Well, that's kind of racist to say. 
It's not though. It's it's not racist to say. And I said I'm white, so I'm definitely in the same shoes. I think we're all. I think most people listening here are in the same shoes. They and they don't have to experience systemic racism or any racism at all. How much racism have you experienced as a white person? Probably not. I'm pretty sure I haven't experienced any racism because you know what? I'm white. I can't experience it. All right, we'll be back after this. I was a. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm just going to wrap up here. If you want to get in, you can still get in. I got a lot of text to read, though. I always kind of forget, like, oh, I should read these texts. They come in, but I get talking. Um, there, there, There is a story that if you heard over the news, and Rick just texted this. He texts us before the show, and I text him back if you want to call him. But um, there's a, a water issue on French Island, uh, and he said they're not supplying water until after the test results come in. These PFAS, this firefighting foam, has contaminated the water. At the airport, because the airport fire department must must be using this firefighting foam a lot. I don't know. Maybe they use it to to practice. I, that seems weird. But anyway, so the the city is offering tests to houses downstream, essentially from uh, from the airport. And uh, yeah, see, so Rick texted in. They're not supplying water, so bottled water until the test results come back in two plus months. I don't know if that's the timeline or not, but that's what he believes it is. Uh, and he says they've been testing since 2019. What took so long? Uh, relevant question, I believe. And uh, you can check out that story. Should be up on wisdomnews.com uh, eventually here. So Caitlin's writing that up. Um, Phil texted in <laughs> when I was talking to, to Monica Cruz. She's the Lacrosse County Board Chair, and we're talking about a citizens' oversight board on policing. I, I kind of thought about making this joke myself. To uh, he texted in, how about a nonpartisan board to investigate the county board? Or any board, right? Like we just need we need board after board after board to investigate the next board up, right? The Citizens Oversight Board on Policing. Do we need a board to investigate the Citizens Oversight Board? Um, just talking about SROs quite a bit. They're the bottom half of the hour. Uh, Bill texted in. Rick, make the students accountable for their behavior. Having SROs, having school resource officers, having police in school. So you know, if they're bad, then make the make them accountable. Well, I think they would be accountable. That just the, the officer wouldn't literally be in the school. Um, Tim texted in: Are the teachers not getting attacked because there's a school resource officer there? Good point. Maybe maybe the 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 kids aren't attacking their teachers because they know that police is police are, is are in the school. I don't know how many. Students are attacking teachers, honestly. Like, I could ask, uh, you know, re- remember that for when I have the superintendent on. No, he's not going to know either because he's the new superintendent and we haven't had uh, school in classes yet this year. Maybe October 25th at the earliest. Uh, libertarian guy texted in too. Many of the students like their SRO. Removing them from the school deprives students of having good ad- interactions with police. This is a dumb knee-jerk response to what's happening politically across the nation. Uh, it could be. Obviously, it's it's happening now. I think the mayor said this is this has definitely been a problem since before May. I think May was when George Floyd was killed, and uh, you know the mayor brought that up. Uh, I think a lot of kids are are feeling like they need to get their voices heard, whether they're students now or students in the past. Um, and I'm not going to pass judgment because they're going through a different experience than what I went through at uh, you know gigantic Hortonville High School. Um. All right, so we got a couple. Eric's calling back. Eric, go ahead. You're back. Yeah, fair enough what you're saying, but uh, let me ask you this. Uh, how can you have any black callers in there? So what about these people who are the black people are complaining about these police officers? 
Why wouldn't they call in and explain something to you? Or just you just only accept white people on this program? Maybe you should uh, solicit some African Americans to call your program. Eric, I don't. I Eric, I, I, I think it's a good idea. Eric, I don't know if you're black or white. So how would I know who's black I, or white I'm on the Norwegian, phone? Norwegian, half Norwegian, half English, and uh, a little bit muck there. But uh, I'm a white and 69 and a half years, 69, be 70 in January now. Why don't you, why don't you just let some black calls at, reach out to the black community, ask them to call, and tell them what problems they have with the SROs and the police in this community. See what they say. I, yep. I don't think I ever heard anyone, black person, talk on your, on your uh, program. I want to hear them. I don't Do you, have anything against black people at all. I, I've had... I've like everybody I, else, and I'm... Let's hear that. See, see what their problem is. Thank you very much. All right. I've had uh, I've had one black person on the show. But that's it. All right. That's all the time I got for today. I'm not going to ask people if they're black right before they call in. Are you black or white? Be ready? Go. All right. That's all the time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back to do it all again tomorrow.